Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. We have a talented lady that's a producer, uh, an actor, and also a model. It's Bailey MB. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I'm truly grateful and, and just super appreciative to connect with other believers and like-minded people in the industry. Perfect. We're in a Bailey, so you know, we're in about 51 countries across the world and um, maybe about 8,000 listens. So uh, you're not just talking across Atlanta where you're, you're based, but you're talking around the world. That's very cool. Very, very yeah, cool. Yeah, that is neat. Cool. Now, you tell us a little bit because um, you're a hyphenate producer, actress, model. But I, uh, I think I've read that you grew up in Georgia. Is that right? I did. I am born and bred in Atlanta, which is super rare these days, especially when you work on set. Um, to find anyone that's from Atlanta. Usually, you know, they're all transplants. So it's definitely different and dynamic. You've seen a lot of changes in uh, since growing up in Atlanta with the Georgia film industry. Talk about that a little bit. That in the last 10, 20 years, that's really taken off. It really has. I, um, I began when the industry just, you know, poked its head through the door here about 12 years ago. And uh, my first experience on set was on a Sundance series with Jason Momoa called uh, Red Road. And it was a TV series and they were actually filming uh, at the lake about 10 miles from my house. And I had a friend that said, hey, you should put in for that. And uh, I've never been on set, never had anything to do with film. And so it was it was you know, definitely different because a lot of the crew, you know, they're all from the UK and they had these accents and I ended up getting on the wrong bus. And it turned out the van that I had gotten on was with the DP, who I learned was the director of photography and to always make friends with them <laughs> yeah. on set. And so um, I ended up, you know, getting on camera se several times uh, and worked uh, three seasons, you know, just doing various background uh, things. But that led, you know, one one thing led to another through that casting uh, company, which is ECA in Atlanta. They're really, really big here and um, worked on Dumb and Dumber, too. And so as these productions started coming into Atlanta, they started staying and it was just the craziest thing and so for me I've seen over the years parts of the industry develop um number one I think the south you know especially Atlanta is uh they have a good uh team of people you know in the government system that have welcomed that and so that that has a lot to do with it seeing that growth in the industry and not only that but there are facilities here that can you know, take, take it all in. And so um, there are several large studios here now as a byproduct of the industry. And 
I can't tell you uh, how, I, I think it's been billions of dollars in revenue generated here. And which is appealing because a lot of the companies here also can buy the tax credits from film. And so uh, that helps, you know, uh, businesses, not only just in film, but other, you know, corporations too. When, uh, when you started seeing uh, productions both, and by the way, to our listeners, there are plenty of television shows that you think are shot in Hollywood, but they are shot in Atlanta. I will tell yes. you that right now. When you started seeing um, the industry just grow year by year by year, I don't think a lot of people know that the it was the incentives that first brought it. But then also, tell me, a lot of crew started moving to Georgia because they could get full-time work. Would that be about right? Yeah, I think, um, for instance, you know, I was reading an article today on AJ on AJC. There's uh, about 2,500 crew members, you know, that are full time, uh, you know, working now on on di at, on different projects at the studios. And you know, they'll travel here. They'll have places in LA, and some of them, you know, in the off season, in between projects, you know, they live out of country, and so they literally have second homes here. Um, the benefit for Georgia, you know, are, on the tax incentives are they credit ab above and below the line. A lot of uh, states and other uh, places offer a tax credit, but not on debt and equity. And so a lot of producers, you know, they spend, you know, a year or two in advance beginning, you know, planning, sequent se uh, seeking funding to try to put these projects together. And so you know, that's the beauty of being in Georgia and working for these large studios is it's, you know, years worth of work and contracts for a lot of these crew people too. Um, and, and the nightlife here has changed too. You know, there are areas that certain crew members try to uh, live in and they've created their own community. Uh, one of the largest ones that I've seen grow over the years is uh, Trillis, which used to be Pinewood down in Fayetteville, Georgia. And they have, you know, they started off with a cafeteria and um, some production offices. And, you know, for those listening, that's where a lot of Marvel films are, are being shot. But now when Trillis bought it, they developed it into a live film, you know, uh, play community. They have housing, uh, apartments, townhomes, single family homes, uh, restaurants, shopping, you know, it's this on, you know, community. And I think that is a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, for those in our audience that don't know, Pinewood uh, is the famous studio in London, in England, just outside of London, actually. That's been around for many, many years where all the James Bond films are shot, big stages and such. And they decided uh, a few years back to start a studio to build a studio in Atlanta they saw the trend happening and then like uh, Bailey has just said uh, Pinewood or maybe didn't explain it all the way Pinewood sold to a group named Trellis that not only had the studio idea but also to make almost like a little city isn't that right yeah it is and they have like they have street names that are like Trellis Parkway and you know Trellis Drive and it's really, it's really fascinating. Uh, and I think, I think that concept will grow internationally 
you know, um, as well, if it hasn't already. Sure. Yeah. Um, we are out as we're uh, doing this interview today. We are thankfully uh, have gotten out of COVID after the last couple of years, and we hope we don't sneak back into it. I'm, I believe we won't. <laughs> but how did that affect the industry in Georgia? That, that must have put some real handcuffs on production. It did. And it's a scary, you know, it's a scary thing, too, because, you know, ev everyone tries to protect, you know, everyone involved. And um, I remember filming a, a movie, a feature on Netflix that The Rock did called Red Notice. And it was right in the height, I think in 2019 of COVID. And they would hire people to and put them up in housing and so they would contract them for like three months and pay them basically to not get COVID they had testing every day they could not go home to see their family but on weekends and if they did their family had to be tested and they they had very strict protocols with you know social distancing and then um, we did we had to get certified to Netflix did this little cool program online where they had health and safety um, train you on the virus and what it looked like under the microscope and how you contracted it and through droplets. I mean, it was really, you know, crazy, but everyone had to get certified online. And then we had to, you know, pass with a hundred percent. And then they would send you home with thermometers and COVID mask and sanitizer. And you literally had to self-isolate. Oh. And so um, that was, uh, and, and, you know, as COVID has subsided, some of those protocols have changed, but to this day, they, you know, we still have to get tests uh, within 24 to 48 hours. They have to be a PCR test to work on set, which can put a damper if you're an actor or actor trying to do multiple projects because, you know, you have to COVID test on two different projects in one week and, that's probably been the craziest thing for me is um, the COVID testing and trying to schedule days of filming because they're not always at the same location. And, you know, some productions very rarely would accept a COVID test from another production. <laughs> and so that puts, you know, a damper on the frequency, you know, of your work too. Um, the the funniest one that I experienced was I think I went down in COVID tests for The Walking Dead at nine and then another show at 10 and then went and filmed a different show at 11. Wow. And it is literally a matter of learning which labs they used and what the locations are and what time their testings are. And so um, it has alleviated um, a little bit, but you know, we still, you know, there's still a mask mandate and testing on set. Okay. You have to wear it uh, only when the director says rolling, can you take it off? Mm -hmm. And as soon as they say cut, you put it back on. There you go. And um, that that's how, you know, they've been able to keep it healthy for everyone. And now you still have health officers and health people on set. Yep. Don't yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. has not, that's not gone away. Nope. Yep. Uh, a whole different department, which are, you know, it's another budgeted item for um, producers and um, films who are, you know, making their budgets. Right. I um, Maybe about a year ago, I was listening to a group of producers on a uh, film festival. 
and it was all online at that time. So you could see everybody and the producers were talking about the fact that uh, during the time of COVID, you're right, Bailey, they had to uh, add all of these extra line items to their budgets that were for health and safety protocols. And what if they shut down because a lead actor is sick or I have to send somebody home? And they said, all of a sudden, they had to go out and raise more money for their budgets than they had experienced. Mm -hmm. I could I could understand how that could happen. Yeah, and so they they would break up, you know, the studio or the set into zones, uh, into red, green, and yellow. The red zones were the careful zones because that's where the lead actors, you know, they would not have protection, the safety protocol protection of masks and stuff because they were filming. And so you could not be around anybody in a red zone you know, within a certain distance or without proper safety protocol. And then the yellow zones were uh, like a holding where you would wait and you still had to social distance. And then the green zones were set up for mostly catering or where you would eat and your distance would have to be at least 20 feet apart. Wow. I mean, they were, you know, that was, you know, 2019. So it was super strict. Um, but it was, it's necessary, you know, I, I, I see both, I, I see both sides of, you know, of it, so. Yeah, now I'm in a, I'd like to transition in, in a few yeah. minutes about your uh, modeling and acting career and such, but you have, I've, I've, I've looked at your, your background and information and promotions. You have a very interesting background in hostage negotiation and other things. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so, um, you know, I only dabbled in modeling and acting part-time. I have five children. And so, as you can imagine, trying to juggle, you know, a home life uh, and a career, I, I really couldn't. And so, I worked in ministry for 20 years, but I really was fascinated by the family entity and how to help families uh, with children or family members who were in abusive situations or addictions and things like that. And so I had a church sponsor me um, to go and get certified in mediation, which is, you know, a mediator, they bridge that gap, they help people discuss feelings and uh, get things out on the table. And so I went and was trained by the state in mediation and got certified. Um, and that was for a uh, general civil court. But because of my faith, I really wanted to use it, um, you know, for a different purpose. Um, and so that particular company that certified me uh, was ran by uh, a Harvard attorney um, named Bob Berlin. And he invited me back the next year to, um, you know, uh, be retrained or sit back in on the class and and kind of learn uh, some deeper skills which in, included the hostage negotiation and you know so it was it was it was really cool but um I really used that for ministry purposes and to help you know me understand um family a little bit better great time with Bailey MB join us on the other side in the next episode and we'll pick up where we left off 
You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Thank you.